Hi guys, today we're going to talk about some of the most common reasons why things could go wrong even if you are using a very good training program. So for example, I have some of my training programs posted on this channel and I consider all of them to be solid. But at the same time, there is really no guarantee that you will get good results while using any of those training programs. And so today, we're going to talk about some of the most common reasons why that could happen. But before we get started, we're going to make two assumptions here. So assumption number one is that you are actually using a good training program. And I think by this point, we have enough material on this channel for you to be able to make an educated judgment if a particular training program is any good. Now assumption number two is that you are actually doing that training program. So meaning you are not program hopping. You are not modifying training program to the point where it's no longer recognizable. And number three is that you are consistent enough. Because there's a lot of talk about poor compliance with training these days, but do understand that poor compliance with training is basically a politically correct term that we use instead of calling people lazy or undisciplined. Because we all know that the benefits of exercising are tremendous. And yet, most people figure out how to rationalize why they're not doing it in one way or the other. And of course, nobody wants to say that I'm lazy or I am undisciplined. And instead we say that I have poor compliance with training because it sounds a lot more sophisticated. I'm not okay, you're not okay, but that's okay. And there's a lot more to say about this, but we're not gonna waste any more time talking about it because those are also not the people who are watching videos like this. And so once again, we're making two assumptions. So number one is that you are using a good training program. And number two is that you are actually doing that training program. And just one more thing before we get started. I do understand that a lot of these things might sound very obvious to the point where it would be almost embarrassing to admit that you could be making any of these mistakes. But at the same time, we're all making some of these mistakes. And it's very important to be humble about this because even being able to recognize that you're making at least one of these mistakes and fixing the problem could save you a lot of time and effort at the gym. The first one on our list is, are you using a right training program? So a few months ago, I posted a video where we talked about designing a training program. And those of you who watched it might remember that these were some of the general considerations that you have to take into account. And number one here is the goal. Although there are usually at least some overlap between different training methods, you still want to select a training program that is the most specific to your goal, which of course implies that you have to have a clear vision of what is it that you're trying to accomplish at the gym. Number two here is the experience. So I have an advanced bench press training program posted on this channel, and that training program is designed to increase your bench press by five maybe 10 pounds in seven weeks. And if you ask anybody at this level, they will probably tell you that increasing bench press by five pounds in seven weeks would be awesome. But at the same time, that would actually be pretty slow rate of progress for a beginner, which does not mean that there's anything wrong with that training program. It just wasn't designed for beginners. Now, the last one here is what you've been doing lately. So the effectiveness of the training program that you're using right now will depend quite a bit on what you've been doing before you committed to this training program. So basically we're talking about balancing specificity and variation. So on one hand, 
you don't want rotate diff, uh, training programs that are so similar that you start to run into the issue of accommodation but on the other hand you don't want your training to be so random that there is no logical carryover between different training blocks the second one on our list is do you have sufficient understanding of what you are doing at the gym so let's start with the knowledge imagine that I decided to become a boxer so I googled all the main punches I practiced them on the punching bag and now I feel that I'm ready for a boxing match I think most of us would agree that that would be pretty stupid because we all have this intuitive understanding that there is more to it than we see on the surface. Well, it's very similar if you just took a training program, oh, these exercises on this day, these exercises on that day, and show up at the gym. Because I say it over and over, you cannot just decide that you know what you're doing at the gym. Just I cannot just wake up one day and decide that I know how to speak Chinese. And we don't even have to go far, because even the style that we discussed in this video so far meant very different things for people with different level of understanding of training methodology. And I personally still do believe that you have to read books. And with that being said, I want to be very clear that this channel is not meant as a substitute to my books, but instead it's meant to complement the information that I already uh, cover in my books. And I also have a video posted on this channel when I talk about some of the other of my favorites uh, on this topic. But people will usually pay $50, $100, for a session with a personal trainer with some online certificate. But when they hear when they hear about purchasing a little book on Amazon, it sounds like a robbery to them. And it's very unfortunate because if you think about it, a lot of these things to at least some degree will be rooted in not having sufficient understanding of what you are doing at the gym. The third one on our list is do you use proper technique? And everybody's gonna assume that this one does not apply to them for sure. And I was the same way. So back uh, when I just started training, the coach that we had at our gym had a weightlifting background. But when I just started, the powerlifting was sort of taken over and it was all about low bar squat and sitting on the toilet and all this other nonsense. And every time my coach uh, saw me squatting, he would always shake his head and use a lot of profanity. But I just kept ignoring him and just kept grinding. And I got myself to 300 pounds and I got stuck on it. And I tried to pre-exhaust my quads with leg extensions and drop sets and different periodization models and so on and so forth. And none of it worked until I was humble enough to realize that maybe that crazy old man knew what he was talking about. And I realized that my squat basically turned into good mornings. And because of me being stubborn, I wasted years of work. And it took me even longer to sort of fix my squat. But at the end of the day, I still never really became an impressive squatter. But with that being said, I still consider myself to be lucky because at least I didn't get injured despite of all of that stupidity. And some of my friends did. And so, it's, as some of you might know, I'm a physical therapist and I believe that everybody should be exercising. I tell my parents to stay active and I tell my children to stay active. But when it comes to resistance training, I tell people that if you do not want to bother learning how to lift weight, weights properly, just leave it alone and go for a walk. Because you will probably do more harm than you will do good.
And by the way, somebody asked me recently why significant, such a significant portion of both of my books is dedicated to exercise description. And so hopefully now you guys are able to understand why that is. And I do understand that it's boring and it's annoying to go, to go through all those little checkpoints. But unfortunately there is just no way around it. Number four on our list is are you being too aggressive? So those of you who watch my Theory of Strength Training series might remember that in the very first episode we said that the adaptation is the cornerstone of all training methodologies. So we basically figure out how different training protocols lead to different results. And you might remember that I used an analogy uh, with uh, sun tanning. So we said the different amount of sun exposure would be appropriate for different people. And so for example if I decide to go to a tropical country in the middle of the winter it probably wouldn't be such a good idea for me to go tanning for an hour right off the bat. And all this might sound like a lot of common sense to people, but for whatever bizarre reason, we do not want to use common sense when it comes to resistance training. So let's talk about complete novices. People have this notion that they're going to whip themselves into shape. But if you think about it, you getting into shape is nothing more than just a bunch of anatomical and physiological changes that have to take place. And these processes cannot be accelerated at will. Just like I cannot go to the beach and tan a little faster because I really want to. The same thing applies when you switch from uh, one training block to another. So for example, you're switching from low reps to high reps. It will be wise for you to take a few steps back and allow your body to readjust because all those little adaptations is what's going to drive your progress. Now the last one here is being too aggressive while utilizing progressive overload. So let's say you got 400 pounds for 5 sets or 5 reps but it was a real battle. Now is it reasonable for you to expect to be able to do 410 next time? Or maybe 405 would be a better idea. Or maybe that training phase in, is over and it's time for you to deload and this, is, this will have to do with having clear understanding of what is reasonable amount of progress an athlete can make at different levels. You might have noticed that I have a little star here and so this is for the enhanced. So obviously taking steroids will enable you to make progress a little faster. But do understand that your tendons and ligaments do not have as good of a blood supply as your muscles do. And so what ends up happening is that your muscles get strong very fast because of the steroids but your connective tissue sort of starts lagging behind a little bit and all that could put you at greater risk of injury. And to add to the dysfunction, taking steroids itself can directly affect how aggressive you are. So let me tell you a little story. Uh, a while ago we had this guy at my gym. Uh, he was training for a few years but one day he decided to go dark side. And he was probably taking a lot of it because he blew up in a matter of weeks. And one day he's asking me to, uh, to spot him for 225 in bench press. And he got it pretty easy and he was all excited. Woo! Yeah! And so he wants to go for 315. And I was like, oh, hold on, hold on, man. Maybe 285, 295. But he's not listening. He's on fire. Hey, wait! Yeah! So 315 it is. And as I'm watching him lower the weight, his pack snaps right in front of my eye and he's kind of out of it and I'm dragging 315 back on the rack 
And was that really an unfortunate accident? Well, not really. I mean, he was just being an idiot. And I never saw the guy at the gym again. So this is just something to keep in mind uh, if you decide to go that route. And one more thing I'll add here is that taking steroids does not make you a badass. Although you might feel at once. So don't go around and pick a fight with an actual fighter because it might not work out the way you expect. But that's all I can say about that. The last one on our list is the life outside of the gym. And as most of you probably already realized, this will have to do with the recovery. So if your diet is on point, if you get enough sleep and so on. But we already covered all of that in the energy budget episode. So we're not gonna discuss that here. But instead I wanna talk a little bit about the importance of being pragmatic. So a while ago, I had a conversation with a person about my uh, advanced bench press training program that we mentioned earlier here. And if you are familiar with that training program, you might remember that it is on the higher volume side of things for drug-free athlete. And so basically what that person was saying was that I have a heavy manual job and I have kids at home. And so how am I supposed to utilize a training program like that? And my answer to him was, you can't. You can't train at the highest level while working at the construction site. Just imagine an NFL player telling his coach that he will only be able to train three times a week because he has other commitments. It doesn't make any sense. And that's not to say that you can't train at all or that you won't be able to attain pretty decent results. It's just important to understand the difference between what's optimum and a compromise. Because there were times in my life when I was training once or twice a week. And I was only able to utilize advanced bench, advanced bench press training program in my late 30s. When I quit my second job and my kids were already older. But then COVID came. And next thing you know, I'm doing push-ups. But that's not because that's what's optimum. It was just a compromise because it's life. And I used to have a lot of uh, arguments like that uh, with the abbreviated training community until I sort of gave up on that. And another moral of the story is that nobody should be wasting time figuring out things that we already know because there are no bonus points for figuring out importance or variation or specificity all on your own. And I think I mentioned this in one of my previous videos that when I was writing my books, I was always thinking about what I would want myself to know when I just started training. But until they figure out the time travel, maybe some of you can take advantage of that information. And people ask me, what is the difference between the books? So let me just talk about that before we wrap things, things up here. So if your dream is to look like a Hulk, big and strong without steroids would probably be the way to go. But if you are more into a Superman look with a good cardio, the fitting one year would probably be more appropriate. But with that being said, we also have to point out that Big and Strong Without Steroids is much more comprehensive. But otherwise, this is all I have for you guys for today. So please let me know what you think and I'll see you guys next time.